Hey there, and welcome to the Rock Reavers podcast. Here we are all about believing and proclaiming the word. We're totally given to true worship and obedient in taking the gospel to the nations through missions. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that you'll be blessed by this message. I'll invite us to quickly jump into our statement of faith, then we can have our seats. I am a winner and not a loser. I am a victor and not a victim. I have changed my mind and my attitude to reflect what God says about me. My faith is built on God's word. I can do all that God says I can do. Nothing is impossible from this moment on. For I am a new breed. I am a new kind. I am a remnant. And I am after my purpose. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the living God. Give me Revelation chapter 3 verse 20. Give me Revelation chapter 3 verse 20. Okay, we can start with Songs of Solomon chapter 2 verse 1. That also works. This is Jesus saying, I am a rose of Sharon, a lily of the valleys. Rose of Sharon is our title for this sermon series. Revelations chapter 3 verse 20 says, Behold, I stand at the door of your heart, I say, and knock. If anyone opens, I will come in and have a meal with him and have fellowship with him and have koinonia with him and he with me. Please, you may have your seats now. Now, as we started last week, uh, as led by God, we are looking at Jesus, the rose of Sharon. Jesus, the rose of Sharon. I read to you from the book of Songs of Solomon, and I would like to remind you, church, that the book of Songs of Solomon is a love letter that has been tucked in the middle of the Bible by God to you. That in the days that you feel like your God is distant, if there is a book that you need to turn to, it is the book of Songs of Solomon. In the book of Songs of Solomon, God opens his heart to the believer and shows his affection and shows his endearment and shows his love to you. That his engagement with you and your engagement in him is not just a matter of principle, but a matter of heart. God betrays that he desires to have koinonia with you in the book of Songs of Solomon. God betrays that he has a desire to be intimate with you as we looked at the book of Songs of Solomon last week. Now the book of Revelation chapter 3 speaks of a reality of what Christ does, both to the believer and the non-believer. Jesus is interested in the lives of all human beings, both to the believer and to the non-believer. Sometimes I know this text is used for evangelism, rightfully so, but I know by a witness in my spirit that there are believers who have not opened their heart to God. God wants to enhance your experience of faith. Jesus wants to enhance your experience of him. This is why he stands at the door of your heart and knocks. Now last week I hope that by the mercy of God you understood what it means for Christ to be the rose of Sharon. The perfect gentleman that comes to you with a symbol of his perfection. He who wants to beautify you. He who you do not deserve to be in a relationship with. This is the rose of Sharon. Now the Jews used to believe that 
a time will come when a son of David will come and liberate them. I know you know that from the Bible, right? When they were under Roman oppression, when they were under Roman colonialism, they had to give tax to a Gentile nation. Their hope was that one day there is a man who they called the son of David who will come and rescue us from Roman oppression. Now the reason why they called Jesus the son of David is because they were referring to his valor in war. Last week I told you that David was considered the most valiant soldier in Israel. That when the women started singing of his praises and said David has killed tens of thousands, they were saying that of the men that are in this land, there is none greater than David. At that time they were bestowing the title of Rose of Sharon to David. Again, I told you that the rose of Sharon was a rose in a valley called Sharon that was considered the most perfect, the most beautiful object that a regular Jew had ever seen. And they attributed it to the man of valor, to the most valiant man they had ever seen. So when they called him the rose of Sharon, they were expecting that a warrior that is greater than David will come and rescue them from Roman oppression. This was their hope. They looked at David and said, David killed tens of thousands, but there is one who is to come after David that will destroy millions, that will put Caesar in his place, and will set us free from the oppression of Caesar. This is the rose of Saron, the valiant soldier, the perfect gentleman, he who comes to redeem Israel from their sins. I told you that God has redeemed you from your greatest enemy. God has made a public spectacle of your greatest enemy. God has made an embarrassment of the devil. And not privately, publicly. There is a reason why the cross was put on a hill. Because that that Christ was doing on the cross was not a private affair. It had to be done publicly. He had to put the devil to shame publicly for you. It was in the order of God that any man who would peer through his window in Jerusalem would see that there is a man who has been crucified. It was public victory that was procured for you by the most valiant soldier who is Jesus, the Rose of Sharon. Now it's important for you to understand the magnitude and the cost implications that Christ had to pay to procure your freedom. It is not a cheap thing. Christ paid a lot to procure your freedom. Now at the cross, at the cross, the, the, the Bible says that he was whipped 40 minus 1 times. Now it is said that 40 minus 1 was the amount of whips that a human being could withstand before they fall into death. So he had enough energy just to continue to the cross. 40 minus 1 times for you. They say that the whip that they used is a special kind of whip that is called the flagrum. Now what the flagrum used to do, it would peer into your flesh. By the time they are done whipping you 39 times, your ribs would be seen from your back. So as Christ was walking, carrying the cross for you, his ribs would be seen from his back because of all the flesh that had been taken away from his back. This is what he did on the cross publicly for you. Jesus endured the shame of being naked in front of his mother 
and his female disciples and his male disciples. It was shameful for a father or for a father figure to appear naked before his children. This is why the children of Noah were cursed. But Jesus carried this shame for you at that cross at Calvary, the rose of Sharon, because he had you in his heart and he had you in his mind. He endured the worst possible experience that anyone could ever endure just for you. Now it is said that he, he carried your sin and he carried your shame. This was not his sin. This was not his shame. This was your sin and this was your shame. Now it is one thing to be prosecuted for something you have done. There is something inside of you that tells you, okay, I deserve this. But it is another thing to carry shame for something that you have not done. I know how it feels to carry shame for something I have not done. For those of you who know my history, my brothers and my wife and my friends, you know I came from a church where I was a senior pastor. I was accused of stealing money that I had not stolen. I know how it feels to meet people and they look at you and wonder, did this guy actually steal our offering? So I know how it feels to carry shame for something that you have not done. Jesus carried shame for you for something that he had not done. Now, you need to understand the impact of shame. Shame is what made Judas commit suicide. It was not repentance. It was shame. Shame has made many men commit suicide. Shame is a horrible thing. It makes men give their lives because of what the public shall perceive them to be. Now, at that cross, Jesus carried your shame. Now, can you imagine, now if you're normal and if your conscience is not seared, every time you commit sin, there is shame that comes with it. Is that true? Yes. I know if you woke up in the wrong side of town last night, there is a shame that you carry today. And sometimes you wonder if the preacher can see through your sin. If you woke up after three or four bottles of Jack Daniels, you are afraid to say hi to the preacher because you are, peradventure he might smell something and decipher where I was yet a night. There is a shame that comes with sin. Can you imagine that Jesus did not just carry your shame? He carried all our shame. The six billion of us, plus those who have died, plus those who will be born, he carried our shame. The Bible says in Isaiah 53 that he took up our infirmities. He carried our shame. That when he was walking with that cross on his back, all your sicknesses, all your diseases, all your cancers, all your sore throats, he took them in his body and carried the shame of sin. For every sin that you have ever committed, for every time that you have ever walked out of the will of God, Jesus carried that shame because of his love for you. This is the kind of person that knocks and stands and knocks at your door. One of the things that we do in modern day society is we audit who comes to our houses. Am I right? My, my father bought a piece of land in Kitale, so he sent me there he, just when I had finished high school to go and, and take care of the house for him. Now one of the peculiar things I saw about Kitale people, I know there are some here whose names I won't mention. So when it starts raining, guys just walk into your house and sit. So I was just chilling in my house, you know, eating my indichoma, those things that people do in the village. And then some guy just walks in, says hi, and sits down. By the time the rain was at its peak, we had 10 people in the house. So like, hey, when you guys have no shame, you just walk into a person's house. That's what rural society 
is, it's communal. But in Nairobi, I know that some of your estates, I cannot go through the gate unless I am given access. You have to be given access for you to enter into the house of a man. One of my friends uh, we visited this week, I won't mention her name, she has this house where she has a smart uh, entry system that before you enter her house, she has to see your face. You look lost at her door. She knows, ah, I don't want this guy to come in. So if you go to a house and the, the soldier is strict, just no instructions have been given that you have no access. So today as you look at the person that stands at the door of your heart and knocks, I say to you, church, that this person deserves access to your heart. That God deserves access to your heart. That Christ has paid the price to be considered your rose of Sharon. That the dowry, the bright price that he has paid for you is much more than you deserve. Is much more than you will ever deserve. Do you know how much of a demotion it is for God to be a human being? Forget about to die. Just for him to be a human being. That's what Philippians says. That he became human. Born in human form. That in itself is a demotion. He became obedient to death. That is the second level of demotion. Like even if he died in his sleep, that would have been a demotion to Christ. Then Bible continues to say death on a cross. Not just any death, but the most shameful death that man could ever come up with. He took it and the chin for you. Now one of the, of the worst things of being in the position that Christ was is Jesus knew that he could do something about it. This is what he tells Peter. He says, if I wanted, I would tell my father and legions of angels would come and rescue me. Jesus was looking at Pontius Pilate and wondering, do you think this is power? He told them, it is not that you take my life, it is that I lay it down willingly. Yes, there is nothing as difficult as knowing that you can do something, but you have restrained yourself. He practiced a lot of restraint of his godness for you. I don't know whether you have ever visited a, an uncle or a cousin and, uh, and you have had to practice restraint. Like, uh, I have a cousin, whose name I won't mention, who has a child. And every time you visit my cousin, the child comes and pinches you. You know, there's something in the inside of you that says, you know, I can, <laughs> I can reset this child to factory settings. But you know that you have to hold yourself back. That is restraint. That's the kind of restraint that Christ had to practice at the cross. Like when he was looking at those Romans walking him, he knew that he could call a legion of angels and things would be difficult for the Romans, but he practiced a lot of restraint. Or have you ever walked into a store and you can afford the things that are in that store? But because you are dressed in your short, it is your Saturday, and then a guy just tells you, oh, okay, this, this shop... It's not for people like you. Something in the back of your mind says, I can buy this shop and pay you for five years. Do you know who I am? Jesus would have pulled that, do you know who I am at the cross? But he practiced restraint. He took up your infirmities. He carried your shame. The punishment that brought you peace was upon him. So the fact that Jesus is standing at the door of your heart and knocking, it's already too much. It is a demotion for God to seek after you. It is the function of man to seek after God. It is already too much that he seeks after you, child of God. Let me tell you, if today Christ refused to answer all of your prayers, and I mean all, 
Oh, Father, I pray for a husband. You die single. I pray for healing. You die of the worst disease. I pray for breakthrough. You die of poverty. He will not have been unfair to you. He will not. These are functions of his grace. These are extras. He has already paid the price for you. The privilege is yours to be in a relationship with the Rose of Sharon. The privilege is not Jesus's. And church, I know that today God has sent me to recalibrate our faith. That regardless of your experiences, God is worthy of your worship. God is worthy of your fealty. God is worthy of your sacrifice. God is worthy of your tithe. Whether you have experienced the blessings that are shaking down and running over or not, he is worthy because he has paid the price for you. Now it is it was a big thing for a Jew to have encountered God and lived. This is what Jacob says. One of the testimonies of Jacob at Penuel in Genesis chapter 32 verse 30 is a man has seen God face to face and lived. There are so many things that God showed him but what awed him is I have had an encounter with God and I am still alive. God allows you to have an encounter with him every time you come to church. God allows you to have an encounter with him every time you lock yourself in your prayer closet and you come out alive. It is enough that God gave his ear to you. God does not owe you anything. God does not owe you anything. So when God is calling you to the place of Koinonia, this is a lover that deserves your heart. This is a warrior that deserves your submission. This is a perfect man that deserves you. Now one of the, one of the challenges of how many of us have interacted with the gospel, as I told you last Sunday, is that God wants to give you his hand, but the gospel is not about the hand of God. The gospel is about the heart of God. The message of Christ is about the heart of God. That God has given you his heart as big enough. The message of the gospel is about the heart of God. Now it is interesting, if you read Acts chapter 13, one of the things that was peculiar about Acts chapter 13 is that Paul and Barnabas walk into, into a place called Antioch, the place that Christians are first called Christians. Now there are two people here. The first group of people is the Jews. And the second group of people is the Gentiles. Now Paul brings them the message of salvation and he tells them that Christ died on the cross to set you free from guilt, to set you free from shame, to set you free from sin. But that was not enough for the Jews. Because they had become entitled to God. They had become entitled to his presence. They had become entitled to his promises. They had become entitled to his covenant. But when the Gentiles heard that there is someone who had paid their price for their guilt and shame, Bible says that they turned to God and gave their ears to Barnabas and Paul. Sometimes what the enemy does is he makes us fall into the Jewish deception. That the Jews who walked in the desert forgot that God had saved them from 400 years of slavery and their hearts were focused on the things that they left in Egypt. They forgot that God has sustained them, that God had parted the sea for them, that God had guided them in a pillar of cloud, that the sun could not harm them by day. He guided them in a pillar of fire, that the wildest of animals could not touch a hair on their head. All they focused is on what they thought God had not done for them. Sometimes 
Jesus is a divine disappointment for us because of lack of perspective. And I pray that today as we go through the series of Rose of Sharon, God shall give you perspective. Jesus shall give you an understanding of the state that you are in, of the privilege that you have by being in a relationship with him. You are blessed of all men because you have found the heart of the Father. Today, the man who stands at the door of your heart and knocks is a man who deserves your love, but you do not deserve his love. I told you last Sunday that Jesus being in a relationship with you, and he demonstrates this in the Bible. It's not me. These are not my words. This is the whole story of the book of Hosea. It is like a man who has entered into a marriage relationship with a woman who is a harlot. You are like Cain. You do not deserve to be in the presence of God. You do not deserve for your offering to be accepted to God. You do not deserve for your prayers to be received by God. All this is an act of mercy. Because it is not your righteousness that procured this ability to be in the presence for you. It is the work that he did on the cross at Calvary. It is the love that he showed you. It is the victory that he procured for you. So church, I'd like us to mark time today. I know like, I look like I have not made progress. But God instructed me to remind you of what a privilege you have to be in a relationship with him. Of how you blessed you are to be in a relationship with the Rose of Sharon. Church, the day that you discover the heart of God, your faith shall change. Your experience of salvation shall change. Your experience of service shall change. Nobody will have to call you in the morning to serve the Rose of Sharon because you will do it from a point of understanding. Nobody will have to call you for prayer because you will do it from a point of understanding. The day you discover the heart of God is the day that you will discover yourself. Now, one of the beauties of love is that when you are in love with somebody, there is nothing that you cannot do for them. Is that true or false? Look at all the irrational decisions you have made in your life. I bet that 80% of them were motivated by love. I know of men who have spent money that they do not have on restaurants that they have never been to and things they cannot afford. You have taken her to ocean baskets. You have lied to her the way you like seafood. Then they bring you a crab and you're like, how do you eat this thing? The things that men do for love. Yet at that time, you glory in doing that act of ignorance. Love makes you do irrational things for the people that are the object of your affection. Now there's something about discovering the heart of God. If you discover the heart of God, you will get access to the treasures of heaven. The man who has the heart of God has access to the treasures of God. The woman who has the heart of a man has access to the treasures of that man. The man who finds the heart of God find access to the... It is at the place of koinonia, deep, intimate fellowship with God, that God reveals his plans for you. Look at Acts chapter 13. Paul and Silas and the church, the Bible says that they were fasting and praying and worshiping God. They're not praying for breakthrough. They're not praying for increase. They're not praying for progress. They were enjoying the beauty of his holiness. And at that point, God says, set apart for me Paul and Barnabas. Let me tell you, purpose and destiny is discovered at the place of Koinonia. Purpose and destiny is discovered at the place of Koinonia. <coughs> now, one of the stories that you have been told in Sunday school 
is when Paul and Silas, you know that story of Paul and Asila, waliomba milango ya gereza ikafunguka. If you read that text keenly, Paul and Silas were worshipping. The Bible says they were singing hymns to God. They were enjoying the presence of God in prison. Now, you can imagine that kind of attitude. They were arrested for preaching the gospel and for casting out a demon. Now, for most of us, we would have been sulking at God. I was doing your work. I was casting out demons in your name. I was preaching to the Gentiles in your name. You would sulk in prison. But Paul and Silas understood the privilege of being in a relationship with God. That just by the fact that God would choose them to be the voices that he shall use, that was too much for them. So they were worshipping. They were singing hymns to God. They were praising him. And God broke them out of prison. Some of the breakthroughs that you have been crying out to God for are there because you have not found the heart of God. Because when you find the heart of God, you find his hand. When you find the heart of God, you gain access to the resources of heaven. I pray that we shall be a church that fasts because I just want to understand the heart of God. That not all your fasting shall be for husbands and breakthroughs and miracles and progress. All these things are good and they come from the hand of God. That we shall be a church that says, church, you are fasting for the next seven days because we just want to love Jesus. Because we just want to love our Father. Because we just want to express our undying affection to him. May we be a church that delights in koinonia. May we be a church that delights in showing love to him that showed the greatest love to us at the cross at Calvary. Daniel was told about things that he did not even know or was never going to experience because he's a man who understood koinonia. Daniel was not praying for revelation. He wasn't asking God how will the world end. But God, because his heart was open to Daniel, he started revealing mysteries and secrets to Daniel that Daniel did not ask. I know that when a man feels like he is in a loving relationship, he opens himself up and says things that he would not have said. Why not for being in that context? Samson was fooled by a false encounter of love. And when Delilah had his heart, he shared secrets that Delilah did not want to know. When you have the heart of God, God tells you things that you do not deserve to know. Daniel knows about how the world would end. Daniel knew about which kingdom would come after the others. The secrets of heaven were entrusted to a man who understood the place of Koinonia. So I pray that church we shall be a people that understand the beauty of being in fellowship with God. The privilege of being in a relationship with the Savior. The privilege of being called by him. I pray that too, we shall understand how much it cost him at the cross to procure our salvation. That how big a price was paid so that you would be free from sin. So that you would be free from guilt. This is what it means to be in koinonia with God. A place where you discover his heart. A place where you discover his intentions. And today, God is saying in Revelation chapter 3 that I stand at the door of your heart and knock. If you open your heart to me, I will come in and have fellowship with you and you will have fellowship with me. 
Let me invite us to stand. Let me invite us to stand for prayer. Let's just pray. Thank you for sticking into the end. We hope you are blessed by this message. Follow us for more of these messages when new episodes drop and make sure to rate us so that more people can find out about us. Bye-bye.